Hello guys, welcome to Argentine Updates. We are Agustina and Lucas bringing you fresh news from the South. In this episode, we are going to talk about flag connections between Buenos Aires and the world capitals. And in the second place, we're going to talk about issues with Sputnik V, the Russian vaccine. Okay, so now we can start with the first topic of the day, and we're going to talk about the problems and the issues between the flights between Argentina and the world capital cities. In the context of restrictions for those stranded abroad and want to return to the country, the flag line has already announced its flights to and from the US. Also, three other airlines are still awaiting approval of their schedules. Aerolíneas Argentinas is the only one of the four companies that connect the country with the United States that until now received approval to operate its flights to the country during first week of August. The other three airlines are American Airlines, Delta and United Airlines, have yet to receive the permits just six days before the start of the month. It should be remembered that Administrative Decisions 6A3 from 2021 slightly relaxed the air leg hole trap by increasing the number of people to 1,000 per day. The previous weeks, the quote was of about 600 passengers per day. In this context, international and local representatives of the airlines expressed their dissatisfaction with the official scheme and asked the government to review. Last week, the International Air Transport Association issues a harsh statement in which they accuse the government of abandoning Argentines stranded abroad and warn of how difficult it is for airlines to operate in our country. For its part, Aerolíneas Argentinas, the flag carrier, operates frequencies with the cities of Miami and New York. American Airlines operates flights connecting Dallas, Miami and New York with Buenos Aires, but do not yet have official information. As for the airline Delta, which operates flights between the city of Atlanta and Buenos Aires, there are no days scheduled. United Airlines, for its part, the airline that connects Houston with Buenos Aires, is the only one that did not communicate its tentative dates for the first week of August. And other destinations as France, Netherlands, or other routes to Latin America are, for example, Air France, the French airline, obtained approval to fly from Paris to Buenos Aires on August the 1st on a flight with capacity for only 160 passengers. KLM, for its part, will operate a flight with a capacity of also 160 passengers only. In the case of LATAM Airlines, obtain approval to operate a single flight for the route Lima-Buenos Aires-Lima, with the limitations of 130 passengers for arrival in Argentina. As for its routes, with Brazil and Chile, they are suspended due to the restrictions that the government maintains with both countries. Therefore, LATAM reported the cancellation of its service between Santiago de Chile and Sao Paulo with Buenos Aires. What's your opinion about all these restrictions on flights, Lucas? As we said before in our previous episode, I'm very worried about this. I think that connections to the world must be open, always open. They can be maybe regulated some in a little bit, but not as they are 
choked as they are right now. You know, I think that they are now so 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 regulated that the the right to move away or move out from your country has been like denaturalized. You cannot do it properly or whenever you want. Or if you if you do it, if you are able to do it, then you have to surpass a lot of obstacles and that's difficult, you know, because you have a, you have a family, you have a calendar, you have, as you said before, a schedule that you have to follow, you have a job that you, you cannot have holidays forever. So in here, if you go out from the country, if you go to a foreign country, then you don't know when you are going to come back and you don't know when you're going to come back and then when you come back, you need to, to be in your house for 15 days as in a lockdown. So it's, it's, it's quite tough, you know? Finally, you cannot, you cannot travel away. Yeah, it's like, it's just like this encouraging people going, going abroad. And also, you know, Lucas, our former president, Mauricio Macri, went to a FIFA a reunion in Europe and he, he also can't come back. But there's a special guy, the, the former Minister of Health here from Argentina, that went on vacations to Europe. Spain. Yes, he was in Madrid. And he didn't have any issues to come back. So is these restrictions for just some of us? Of course, of course you're right. <laughs> restrictions are for the common people. Exactly. But not for everyone. Not for everyone. Yeah, it's kind of weird, you know, it's it's like everybody should be free to move because if you want to go abroad and come back or whatever, you should be free. That's that's it. Every restriction is bad. You can regulate, you can take several things, but even you can regulate with a plan because people can schedule their lives with that plan. As you said, if you have a job and you know that there will be a restriction over October, I don't know, mm-hmm. You can travel the whole October. Okay, fine. Whole October, no travels. But you don't know when you can travel and you don't know when you can come back. It so is, They change it all the time and without any reason. I mean, now they just care about the Delta variation of the virus. But, man, you know, you can stop the virus. <laughs> you could stop the, the first COVID, the second COVID, and this is the Delta one, but nobody cares. You cannot stop it. You cannot stop it. And also here in Argentina, you have many ways to get inside the country. Literally, and on the north of our country, you can just cross a river, walking, swimming, on a car, on, on a raft, whatever. And nobody is going to stop you. And you will get inside our country. So what are these restrictions for? For which people are for? Because anybody just can cross the Andes like San Martin and get inside Argentina and nobody's going to know about it. But if you travel by plane following all the rules, all the international regulations to, to, to travel by plane, you can't. It's kind of weird. Okay, now we're going to the next theme with Lucas. Hello, guys. So today we're going to talk about issues with Sputnik V. What is going on in Argentina? Is is this a vaccine popular all, all along the world or not? It's just something weird that we have here in the South. So apparently, many, many countries, like India, for example, 
had said no to the Russians because they couldn't offer the second component on time. But Argentina, because we didn't have anyone or any other vaccine available, so the vaccine was given to us by a contract signed between Argentina and the Russian Direct Investment Fund, who backed financially the development of the Sputnik V. So at that moment, like six months ago, Sputnik was the only vaccine we had in Argentina and was the first one that was applied over the elderly people here in Argentina. So we have currently a very big problem because, listen to this, the numbers are really, really scary. 60% of people over 80 have been vaccinated with Sputnik V. 55% of people over 70 years old have been vaccinated with Sputnik V. And 48% of the people over 60 years old have been vaccinated with the Sputnik V. This means a huge problem now that three months passed away since the first dose. That's the maximum period that the vaccines allows you in order to produce the desired effect, that is the protection, you know, from COVID. So now we have the elderly part of the population being now uncovered because they don't have the second dose or just a little bit of them have the second, the second dose. Nowadays, Argentina has vaccinated with only one dose, 51 percent of the population and with two doses only the 13 percent of the population now you can see the fear in the government when you read this that happened last week when Cecilia Nicolini sent to Anantoli the CEO of the Russians direct investment fund this email that it was supposed to be private, but then it was leaked. And the mail goes like this. Dear Anatoly, as I mentioned today, we are again in a very critical situation. We are hoping that after the conversations we had with you, Carla, Kirill and I a couple of weeks ago, things would be more straightforward, but they even got worse. We are still waiting for a minimum amount of component two to complete treatments, at least to the people with more than 90 days of minimum interval. We were super proactive in finding a solution to the difficulties you had with this, but we couldn't even have the minimum dose. We need urgently at least 1 million to inoculate elderly people this weekend. We share with you the Excel document with the minimum requirements several times, but we didn't have any reply. We still need to receive the pending doses of component one as well. As per the contract, there are still remaining 18 million doses, 5.5 million of component one and 13 million of component two. We are still waiting for the schedule for July deliveries that you agreed to send in that call too. We didn't receive it. We can even think at some point 
to receive more component one than component two. Or think about new strategies, but urgently, we need some component two. At this point, the entire contract is at risk to be publicly cancelled. We understand the shortage and the production difficulties some months ago, but now, seven months after, we are still very behind. While we are starting to receive doses from another suppliers in a regular basis with schedules that are fulfilling. Moreover, we just issued a presidential decree that enabled us to sign contracts with American companies and receive donations from the US. Proposals and deliveries are for this year and also include pediatrical vaccines, which is another advantage. We ask your team to share a protocol for pediatric so we could run tests and studies here, but we still haven't received anything. Also, we are still waiting for the vaccine cocktail results with AstraZeneca, but I guess it's still on since January that you informed us about this. We have started studies on our own anyway. Finally, local production was a big step for us. Our president participated even in the launching, waiting for more than two hours. I don't know why did she say that. She was like, he waited for more than two hours. Oh, <laughs> I, okay, I, I, I go on. Continue, continue. I'm <laughs> sorry. We, we waited for two hours. Oh, it was, a, it was your, your act. I don't know. We were very happy and supportive with Richmond. We only asked to have the first results before July the 9th, which is a very important date for us. It's our Independence Day, which means a lot. Richmond sent the first doses to pass quality control on June the 16th. We have told that this process would take between 15 to 20 days. It is July the 9th and still not ready and will not be ready for our Independence Day. Doses are in Russia for more than 21 days now. We hope that you would be especially on top of this was the only and most important request from our president. And again, a disappointment result from you. I would like to add that someone of your production team is asking Richmond and the Ministry of Health to invoice and receive the full payment for the doses produced here. As you can understand, we are not able to change our contract unless having a local intermediary in this and paying aggressive up for taxes would be a major political and public problem for all of us if we change a letter of our original contract. We are always eager to find solutions, but we were never officially informed by you with whom we have the contract to study this opinion. I asked for a call about this several days ago and informed about our situation, but still no official proposal was informed. Remember that we were able to sign the contract in the first place because the Russian Direct Investment Fund and Human Vaccine are entities controlled by the Russian state. So it was a state-to-state -state agreement. We justify this with all the proofs and papers that you provided us. We can receive and pick up vaccines, whatever you say. And whenever you say, 
It can be Moscow, Beijing, Seoul, Bombay, and Buenos Aires. But payment and responsibilities regarding indemnities and production are between us and human vaccine and the Russian Direct Investment Fund. We have even moved a step further, allowing Richmond to import the bulk with no taxes. We sign these exceptions in goodwill and collaborative way, understanding that our doses that are going to be delivered to us. I know your hard work. I know your commitment that you have with Argentina and all the work we have done together. Soon, a new study will be published in a peer-to-peer review magazine about efficiency against new variants. We respond always doing everything possible for Sputnik V to be a major success. But now, you are leaving us with very little options to continue fighting for you and this project. As I also mentioned once, we are facing legal prosecutions due to these delays as public servants, putting in risk our government. Please, let's work together on a real and possible solution. You can count on us. Looking forward to hearing from you soon. Best regards, Cecilia. What's your opinion on this? I, I really, I can understand how she was able to write that last sentence. Like, we, we gave our best, that says, Georges are leaving us with very little options to continue fighting for you and this project. Why does the Argentine government has to fight for this project? Why cannot go in a tender and just buy vaccines as any other country, as, and buy Pfizer, and buy Moderna, and buy Johnson & Johnson? Why do they have to buy Sputnik? I think there's like se- several things that we don't know about that contract. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of weird that the, the the form that the Argentine government worked with the Russian one. It's like a co-participation between both countries, but always it seems like Russia gets more benefits of it. Mm-hmm. If you think we just pay for the vaccines to the Russians and the the U.S. government just donate mm-hmm. 3.5 million yeah. doses to us. That's that's so ironic, you know? So ironic. So, so it's weird that you, you have several thoughts about communism and, and socialism and capitalism, and you would always think that the capitalism would try to sell you the vaccines, mm-hmm. but right now they are just donating us those doses probably to, to benefit the whole world and make a global immunization so that's going to be better to all of us, not just for them. Mm-hmm. And the Russians just sell them to us and they have like weird contract with us and we don't get the vaccines that we should get and they just give like a sign of hope, making their Richmond laboratories produce the vaccine here with the compound that they send to us, but then the compound for the second vaccine never arrives or arrives late. And as you said, all our elder population is vaccinated with a Sputnik V. The most vulnerable people from our country is vaccinated with the Sputnik V. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they're not going to have the second dose on time. Yes. 
and that makes the effectiveness of the vaccine just go low and low and low and put them in risk. Yes, no, they are, they are, without vaccine, they are the most fragile part of the population. And now they are even, they are as fragile as if they were not vaccinated. But to sum up with all the, le the letter and the mail that Cecilia sent to the government, uh, I would like to, to sum up in this sentence. I think they put on the scale the health of the Argentinian people, and on the other side of the scale, they put geopolitics, and they prefer the second one. Yes, it seems like, like you are right, Lucas. And so, Lucas, remember that here in Argentina, you can't choose which vaccine you can get. And you can choose on getting a second dose or another dose. You just have one shot. They will send you the, the schedule to get your, vac to your vaccine. You have that shot and you have a Sputnik. Okay, you have to wait for the second dose. You, have the, you can choose to go to a pharmacy and get another vaccine, get Moderna, get Pfizer, get AstraZeneca. You can choose. You can choose when to have your vaccine. That's right. So when the country and the government says, here's your dose, put it. That's all. Wait. <laughs> We will get you the second dose when, when, when Russia wants or, or whenever we want. Yes. So even if you have your Sputnik V vaccine and you can, okay, the, the second dose is not going to arrive. I can go to the pharmacy and put another vaccine that can be correlated. No, you can't because you are not free to put the vaccine you want and you are not free to choose when to put it. That kind of things is like kind of weird here and we just feel like completely alone in this pandemic because we are just on their hands and we can't control our lives. You can control life. Yeah. You're doing this, this thing, <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you again for listening to us. It was a pleasure to have you here. We hope you enjoy. And we hope you could uh, get to notice who is Cecilia Nicolini, the presidential advisor of Alberto Fernandez, and what kind of letters they are sending to each other to. I think he has a crush with the Russian guy. And remember, as we always say, Bitcoin is going to the moon. Yahoo! Bye, guys. Goodbye. Thank you.